Hey, I'm Ramy. And I'm Rick. And this is John. And this is Say the X. Episode 7, Showdown on the Airship. There's 4,200 applicants still left. They're on the airship that's taking them to the third phase of the exam. Chairman Natero introduces himself as well as his assistant, the green-headed weirdo Beans. Finally got a name on him. Pretty cool. Heck yeah. Um, Despite the tense atmosphere, the applicants are invited to relax and eat until they reach their destination. And they don't have to. They can. They, they they don't have to eat the entire time. That would probably be the third phase. Challenge accepted. Gon and Kilua go off to explore the ship. Leorio and Karapika are exhausted and wonder how many phases are left in the hunter exam. Tonpa explains that there are usually five or six phases, but that Leorio and Karapika should be careful because the next phase may already be started. Karapika and Leorio thank him. And when Tompa checks in on them later, he's surprised to see them sleeping very soundly. I mean, I mean, Leorio just passes out. The examiners we've met so far, Satats, Minchi, and Buhara, discuss the applicants, commenting on how good the rookies are this year. Minchi thinks 294, the ninja Hanzo, will pass. Satats likes 99, Kilua. Buhara says he thinks 44, Hisoka, will pass. They agree that while Hisoka has an affinity for darkness, he is not so different from the three of them. Now we find out that Kilua is an assassin and that he ran away from his family. Uh, Natero actually challenges him and Gon to a game, basically of keep away. If they steal the ball, they become hunters, no questions asked. Uh, Natero easily evades all their attacks or simply absorbs them. After close call, uh, Kilua quits and he just says, you know, hasn't even used his left leg or his right arm. He's just toying with them, and, uh, and, and Kilua just leaves. Gon continues in an attempt to get Netero to use his right hand. He succeeds and immediately passes out. Netero, in kind of an unforeseen act of kindness, asks the captain to slow the airship down to give Gon more time to sleep and recover. Kilua, frustrated by Netero, kills two applicants who attack him. Kilua says that he would have tried to kill Natero if he had continued to play the ball game. So, I have a question. The always count, with the questions, Rick. Always with the questions. The count is off because at the beginning of the episode, there's 42 of them. And at the mm-hmm. end of the episode, the narrator still says there's 42. But I'm pretty sure that Kilua took those two assholes out. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a chance that they weren't that they were just like scullery dudes. Yeah, uh, I mean, just those killed guys, members yeah, of those the guys crew. Are, those guys were working in the kitchen. Yeah, they were <laughs> we working have... in the kitchen. They got off. They're tired. They're like, "Hey, kid, come on, what the hell?" Yeah. And then the kid just straight up murders them. Just kills wow. the help. God. Yep. <laughs> okay, so that so 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 my comment on that entire scene was that Kilo is just ice cold. And I always thought that they were just other applicants, uh, but now that they're literally just dudes that are off from work, he's even more ice cold than I thought he was. I admit, before you pointed that out, I assumed they were applicants too. They certainly had the attitude of applicants. It, it is It is completely not told whether or not they're applicants or whether or not they're just like staff members or anything. But it seems like such a strong callback to uh, episode three where a guy bumps Hisoka. Yeah. But it's the opposite. The opposite thing happens. 
Well, how does the opposite thing happen? I mean, doesn't Hisoka because kill that guy in, too? No, in the in episode three, a guy bumps Hisoka, and Hisoka he magics his arms away. But in this one, Kalua bumps someone else. They 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 try to mess with him, and instead he murders them. Well, I, I don't want to play um, devil's advocate for the terrible, awful Bart Simpson monster, but um, I don't feel like they go out of his way to avoid him either. Oh, no, you no, know, they like, definitely don't. They, I mean, it feels like they're the sh- kind of trolling for for some kind of a confrontation as well. Yeah, and they just choose the wrong person, which seems really easy in the Hunter exam. Like, I wouldn't mess with anyone just in case they're, you know, the son of a famous family of assassins. Yeah. I love how nonchalant Kilua is about that. He's just like, yeah, I, I, I'm an assassin and I stabbed my mom in the face to, and then ran away. And she was crying tears of happiness because she was like, now you're my boy. Yeah, but then he goes on to basically say that if he becomes a hunter, he's going to like hunt down his entire family. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I buy that, but uh, I I think I do buy it. But okay. that whole conversation, just him in general, is it's such a, a tonal shift, and it's weird because he has the conversation early on with with Gon about how he is his both of his parents are an assassin, and and Gon takes him seriously, and he's like, oh, you know, most people don't like me because. Or they only like me because they they can't tell if I'm joking or not. And then he goes on to talk about how he had the fight with his his mom and his his brother, and ended up stabbing them both. Like there is an element of is he joking or not? Yeah, but Gone sort of lays that out, doesn't he? He's, well, he's, no, I mean, Gon I th- just I think Gone believes he's telling the truth. Um, and it's doubly disturbing that Gone's so comfortable and okay with all of it. Frankly. Yeah, especially because if he is telling the truth, Killer's not only ice cold, but he's got zero loyalty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely none. And Gon doesn't seem to question that whatsoever. Um, doesn't seem to have it as a concern, uh, which seems incredibly kind of dangerous and naive. And that's what I think is fun. Is like Gon believes him, uh, but we also know how naive Gon is. So. Is it uh, is it that Gon's insightful and he can just tell he's telling the truth? Is it just that uh, Gon has just figured that he wouldn't lie? Is it that he is lying and then Gon just believes it because he's gullible? And then, of course, the ending, when he murders two people in the hallway, we know that he was obviously telling the truth to an extent. Um, even if the, the exact details weren't true, he's definitely super dangerous. But I feel like his his reaction to Gon being like both your parents uh was genuine. Like he was honestly surprised by that. Uh Kiloa was. Kiloa yeah, was, was surprised, surprised by, by Gon's, Gon's reaction. Response. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I think I think uh I think Kilua is is kind of fascinated um and and enjoying Gon's company, but I don't I I don't think he cares about him. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I think Gon's amusing to him. Right, yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's fun. So is, is Kalua just, I mean, is he just a cat playing with a mouse? Uh, is, he, is he a cat watching a lizard through the window? I think he might be a lizard watching a kitten through the window. 
you know, just, just like total lizard brain kind of thing. Oh, so like when you say a lizard watching a kitty through a window, you're talking more like a Komodo dragon. I'm not, I'm just saying that, that it's a neutral observation. That it's not okay. good or bad. He's not hunting Gon. He's not trying. He's not sizing up Gon. It's pretty clear that he doesn't think of Gon as a threat. Right. Uh, but uh, so it's like, it's, have you ever been around someone who just like looks at you like a lizard? Like, 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 there's no passion there. It's just totally dispassionate and cold and <laughs> creepy and weird. But it's not. It's it, but but it's not like dangerous. <laughs> No, I, I've I, been divorced twice, no, so I'm going to go the, ahead and say I yes. The only one? <laughs> oh man! Oh. God damn it! When you think something's universal, no, I mean, but in I, fact, you've just been hanging around comedians too much. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I I know what you're talking about. I um, from a from a completely different perspective. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, I. Uh, Oh, that's weird. Um, you know, I have a, a cousin who's a convicted felon, and when we were kids, we used to fight a lot. And he's always struck me as being that uh, kind of a person who would find simple things to do to kind of get under other people's skin, not really to hurt them, almost like there was no consideration of whether something was good or bad or felt good or felt bad, but just more of a thing of um, just wanting to see what happened. Right. You know, uh, kind of antagonistic, but dispassionately. You know, seeing things like they were a game. Um, Yeah, and that's definitely... Like Kalua doesn't only see it as a game, but it's it's not a fun game, uh, and Gon's really the only source of fun he has. Yeah, and he uh, he he's quick to try things for fun. I mean, he you know he kind of gets talked into playing the keep away game, and it keeps his attention for a little while. But I think once he realizes that he can't win the game in terms of the game, he can't win the game without tempting murder i guess he just quits that's clearly not a rule though i mean apparently it's it's a-okay to try to kill an examiner and come back next year and come back next year sure but i also don't they one they weren't in they weren't in a phase of the test there was a pop quiz sure fine but i i think uh it wasn't part of the exam no, I, it, I'm, I'm it, coming down hard on that. It was not part of the exam. Yeah, it was an I, extracurricular I think, activity that would allow you to bypass the exam, but it was only available to Kalua and Gong. Right, yeah. and I think I think had he attempted to kill the chairman, the chairman would have um, possibly defended himself to the point of killing him. But this uh, whereas, is the same. Whereas I don't, I don't, that, know, I don't know what the situation was. No, the, uh, the, the only chairman swore he wouldn't fight back. Uh, he, and I believe. Well, him. he he swore. He said, yeah. I, will, "I will I will not fight back." Does he use the phrase "fight back"? He doesn't say. He's. He, I think he says, "I won't lay a hand on you." Right. Which to me is is, I won't fight back. I will. Yeah. I will not engage you directly in physical violence. I'll evade and defend and and cover the ball, and that's it. 
I, I won't lie, and I think I think it probably shows in in the recording, but episode six didn't do a lot for me, and so I was really kind of like, I hope episode seven is a good one, and it is a thoroughly just a great episode. I really enjoyed this episode a lot, but there's a lot going on, and you kind of bring it up in them discussing the the different the different applicants when it's our three you know uh, examiners. Um, they have their little their little knitting gossip circle there and they kind of talk about how they think things are going. And I thought that was a great scene. Yeah. It was so cool to get inside their heads and like the little reveal about Hisoka trying to pick a fight the whole time that Menchi and Buhara were there. And that's why she was so edgy. Like that, that, that added such a nice layer to that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, cause it did seem like, like her reactions were really extreme. Yeah. Yes. And, and it also, yeah. um, it kind of paints the natural ability that hunters have in in a better light uh, and, and kind of points back to Gone being this, you know, chosen one because uh, he, he has this sixth sense because even in the in the previous episode where all of this stuff was going on, um, all you really see is her reaction. You, you don't really catch the prompts that they're not overt. Uh, so it, it really builds it up as being something that that Menchi as a hunter uh, was able to see, but that we as casual observers completely missed. We did get one sense of it when, when Toto attacks. Like, we get that one right. shot of Hisoka, like, readying a, a card. And then, the, and then the chairman shows up. Right. Uh, With that but, heck of an entry. Yeah. Oh, such a good entry. And, and, like, I feel like this episode backs it up. Yeah, oh, like, it yeah. It makes it make a little bit more uh a little bit more sense. Um I think that was something about episode 6 that threw me was just uh for the applicants everything everything slows down and it becomes that kind of cooking competition and even when they go and do the the stunt with getting the eggs everything still felt like there was like a an understandable level of like what everyone's kind of capabilities are within this universe mm -hmm. but the chairman falling from the zeppelin just kind of like seemed so outlandish and kind of crazy um so having him have this interaction with gone um and the keep away game kind of humanized that figure but also kind of like recalibrated the universe in in my head a little bit okay yeah that the very top and we know Kilua is pretty strong. Right. Yeah. Because he's sure. like just breezing through it. And yeah. so for someone to be, because he doesn't say you could chase him around for a year. He said we could chase him around for a year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's important. Going back for just one second to the, to the powwow between the examiners, I think it tells us something super important about hunters, which is that they seek out worthy opponents and that's one of the reasons they have the exam yeah and they use the the terminology that's actually set up in some of the earlier episodes with um looking for rivals mm -hmm. it, there seems to be kind of a uh emphasis on competition yeah well and there's also that line that they use um and i think it was the totes that said it said it specifically he's like they are birds of a feather with him um, yep. talk yeah. about Hisoka. 
And then they talk. Then he goes on to talk about uh, his affinity for darkness. And again, you know, I got the Star Wars overtones or undertones there, where you know there is if there's an affinity for darkness, if there is a dark side to being a hunter, then there's clearly uh, a light side to being a hunter as well. Really, does this strike you as a Manichean universe? <laughs> um. A little bit. Sorry, Man- Manichaeism is is where is where there's good and there's evil, and and that's and 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 that's the divide. Uh, I Star Wars is a Manichaean yeah. universe. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would I would say that um, if it's not, they certainly use a vocabulary that that gets to it, and not just the conversation uh, between the examiners, but when uh, Kalua leaves the the keep away game. And there's that moment um, where Gon and uh, uh, Natero are just kind of chatting. Uh, Gon asks him, like, how did he do that special trick where he could, like, duplicate himself? And, and the, Natero's like, eh, you don't, you don't even need to know. Like, it's, it's not but the for reason you. He doesn't, the reason he doesn't need to know is because that's used in the underworld. It has nothing to do with good or evil. It just happen. It's just well, yeah. But the terminology well, underworld that that's a phrase that denotes that there is a world beneath what we're in, and it's not like it's a world that's just like different from ours. Like it's under, it's it's below, it's beneath. There's a negative connotation to that. Um, okay. You know, he his reactions and the way they speak make it sound like um, that assassins are not necessarily the most righteous things to be. Um, that using those techniques and being part of a world that relies on those kinds of techniques are not the most righteous types of things to be. Now, again, I part of that could just be that they're being conversational, and in order to be conversational, you have to say things that can kind of paint that. Um, but I would say that there was actually a lot of things said in this episode that made it sound like there were at least a dichotomy of 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 good and evil um in this universe maybe it's not like a prevailing thing and obviously i don't think anything in this anime has made us think that it is as simple as black and white i guess that's what i'm saying is is that even though kilua is a creature of the underworld like we're clearly supposed to at least think of him as a protagonist. Um, I think at least the, right now. Well, I think the opening and closing credits would make you feel that way, but I don't. I have not been made to feel that way by any of the context in the show. Okay. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, he's uh, young uh, Hisoka, or he's kind of a very sick and much more dangerous version of of tampa he he you know we his his backstory is that everyone in his family's killers and they were pushing him around and so he stabbed them a couple times and now he's here to kill some different people and kill on his own path like those it's not the backstory or the motivation of someone that i would refer to as a protagonist let's talk about tonpa really quickly tonpa's an absolute jackass um in, oh, in this man. episode. Yeah, I'm gonna uh go ahead and, and skip ahead to my note on Tampa from the next episode. I know that's cheating, but what I have written here is uh Tampa sucks shit. <laughs> um and yes. 
uh, my note for this one was just Tampa gonna Tampa, but um, yeah, he's not cool. <laughs> I don't like. So him. far, he has no redeeming qualities, right? Uh, no, no, none. no. Of but, course not. But I mean, I don't think he's I don't going know, to have. But any. as a minor villain, he's so good. I, I just, I. I feel like talking about these characters, just how whether we like them or not, isn't always the best way to talk about them. Like, like Tompa plays an important part in this. Like he he brings out things in the characters that we might otherwise see. Like from their their conversation, Tompa's like he he mixes truth with lies. Right. Right. That's sort of his move, and. So he tell I think he's telling them the truth about how many phases there are, but then he's like, but this could be the other phase. And he's sort of counting on them to have weak minds and fall into doubt. But yeah. then we see how both of them deal with it. Both Leorio and Karapika deal with it. Karapika kind of thinks it out and, and, and is like, that's not possible. And then by the time he's done, exp- you know, sort of explaining it to himself, he looks over and Leorio's already asleep. Yeah. Already asleep. Which I feel like is a really nice character moment. Like we, we that was a really good crystallization of who these two are, and we wouldn't get there without Tonpa. Oh no, I, I think he's a fantastic addition to the cast, and I enjoy that he's. I, I for uh, I I was afraid we were getting away from him. I was really happy to have this episode uh, just on the airship where they're not even in any of the exam phases uh, because. I felt like phase two goes by too fast. Yeah, it was. It, it's a single episode, well, essentially. So it is. Um, uh, like I, I think I said in that in that episode that in the, it's it's considerably longer in the in the comic and sure. Yeah. I just I feel like they did the right thing by cutting it down. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Um, but I I began to get a little worried. Like if they breeze through all these phases in just one or two episodes, either the test is going to be is going to feel longer later on because like now we're at phase sixty three, you know, like, um, or it's going to f- finish up too short and it's not really going to feel like the important thing. So I'm really happy that we have an episode where everything just kind of stops and we just yeah. do some character development. And and Tampa gets to show back up again and gets to try to like play his little games, because uh, he didn't really get a chance to shine in the swamp or he's like a non-entity in the cooking. So mm-hmm. this was nice. Yeah, and yeah. No, I mean Tampa was. Um, I mean he did as a foil. I guess he serves his purpose, but that doesn't make him any more enjoyable as a character. Um, really, you don't it, like you don't even get some joy out of seeing Karapika and Liorio just outsmart him. Oh no, I I, I complete I do get joy out of you know, and they didn't really outsmart him; they just blew him off. Um, Karapika outsmarted him. Like Karapika thought about it piece by piece and came to the conclusion that yeah, Tumbo was wrong. He reasons yeah. it out, and I think Liorio just gives in to his own exhaustion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I like him. I like him in the context of the story, not as a person, not as a as a character, but I do like his inclusion because I do feel like even the characters that aren't aware of how crappy he is, um, they're slowly but surely putting it together and taking him less seriously. 
and it does feel like we're building up to perhaps some kind of a comeuppance. Um, and One you can want hope. that. No, I mean, I want that, you know, real, real bad. And that's, it's weird. I enjoy, I enjoy seeing that setup. Think about how in our discussion of like episode two or three, when the, the guy with the laptop. Uh, oh, the, the, the fat little just, skeleton. Yes. Nicholas. Yes. Um, when sweet, sweet uh, baby Nicholas is so miserable and, and it's, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, that's so horrible. And you know, like, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, like I can feel we're building, like maybe Tampa's going to get his, you know, and, and if we don't spend this time with him and, and if we don't just kind of like revel in all this crappiness that he's doing when he gets his, uh, it won't feel as good. Mm. Um, you want, you know, like, it's a weird example and it's, 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 it's in some respects kind of a weak example, but you know, I really like watching the Marvel Avengers in game. No, no, sorry. Infinity war. Hmm. The one where everybody spoiler alert, the one where everybody dies and it sucks and the bad guy wins. Um, and it's, it's kind of grueling. I, I enjoy watching that one more than I do in game when everything is resolved. Um, and I enjoy it because I, there's this feeling of, I can't wait till they get him. It's going to feel so good when they get him, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, he's so sure and he's so confident and he's such a shit. It's going to feel so good when they get him. Um, and Tampa really kind of is, is right there. He's so crappy and he's such a jerk and he's so sure of himself and he's so relentless in kind of his petty, hateful crap that I just, I can't wait till they get him. So who do you think is going to take him out? Is, is Lee Oreo going to like finally pop something and, and take him out? Is, is Kilua going to like, Pull his heart out well, through see, his I, neck. I, I don't think I don't think <laughs> Kalua will, um, because I think Kalua is comfortable with having him around because he is fun. Well, and Tompa won't get near Kalua. Yeah, but Kalua, um, right? Because he's he's a little freaked out by him because he saw him drink all the the diarrhea juice. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like that that happened. So Kalua knows he knows he's full of shit. And if he wanted to not have him around, he would have already made him not around, obviously. We learn in this episode that that's always been an option for him. Right. So I don't, think it, I don't think it will be him because even though he may not respect what he's doing or he may not even like what he's doing, he's, he's sowing chaos and he's making it interesting. Um, so I don't think it gets to... Kalua the way it would someone who who do you think will do it Rick I, honestly I think um, if anyone's going to take him out I honestly think it's going to be Leorio okay just because they seem so well I guess that's next episode but uh... I think I think it'll be gone <laughs> I don't know I don't know that Gon's got it in him to to take out a competitor. I mean, he's always like, I, I "Hi, Mister Tompa." Yeah, no, I feel like it'll be a. 
maybe that's the switch. Maybe that'll be the turn. Um, maybe. Maybe that'll be the moment, you know. Maybe he'll have to decide, uh, you know, two people are falling off the ship and I can only grab one. Yeah. You know? So if it's one of his friends or somebody that he thinks has value. Uh, maybe it won't be Tompa. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Leorio feels like a, a pretty safe guess because. I'm not convinced that Leorio's not going to turn around and take Karupika out yet. I think they're on the same page for now, <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, no. remains to be they're seen if they stay on the same friends. page. Yeah, they're, they're, of all the bonds, I, I trust the one between Lurio and Karapika the most okay. at this point. You know, it's just, they bonded. They did. And, and like, like, like they're like buddies. They can, they, they, they can talk crap about each other and, and sort of, and sort of shrug it off. So maybe and the two of them team up to take Tompa out in a later entirely episode. Entirely possible. So speaking of transformations, that that scene where Kilua uh, takes out the two fry guys, or you know, the 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 two staffers walking down the hallway that bumped into him and, and picked a fight, uh, he literally transformed into something else, and and we see him transforming back when they when they cut back to him walking away, right? Yeah, he's got a creepy demon hand. Yeah, he's got he's definitely got a creepy demon hand. Uh and he's definitely got a look on his face that's that, yeah. that I don't think we've seen before. Not on yeah. him. Yeah. That, that's a that's an almost Hisoka level. Yeah, yeah exactly for sure. look. Yeah. So are hunters supernatural? I mean, we we can agree that they are, right? Or are they just highly skilled? I think it's a mix. I think just like in like a, a world of like superheroes or something like that, you're going to have a mix. I think it's a mix. I don't think they're all supernatural. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I mean, again, the, the, the rules and the, the lines in this universe have still not been kind of drawn into focus. So I, I don't know. I don't think they are. I think some of them are probably just skilled. Um, and I think some of them are supernatural and then probably some of them are just like really smart and maybe there's some kind of a, uh, a reasoning or a, uh, calculation or even a technological type of thing. I mean, they obviously have crazy Zeppelins and airships and all sorts of other stuff. So, yeah, but they don't right. have planes. <laughs> they don't, yeah. they, I, I don't know. Like as, it's, it's, it's a weird universe. It's a weird universe. It's like I said, what do you they, think, yeah. Rick? Well, I mean, we, we saw that look in the demon and the demon hand, and I. The, I'm still under the assumption that whatever Hisoka did uh, in the tunnel was completely, you know, based on magic. But at the same time, there's the um, there's the hunter uh, who's po- you know he's he's loading up poison darts and and walking around with a blowgun. So so clearly there's a a technological or mechanical. Yeah, there, there, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a skill. Woman with a sniper rifle. Yeah, but then, but then there's also the, uh, the, the shinobi, right? Which yeah. borders on on supernatural skill. Uh, I'm just wondering if like real hunters are, you know, some sort of demigods, potentially. Uh, and I mean, that's they certainly why. seem stronger than almost everybody in the exam. Yeah. Um, like, like none of the examiners are like the, the except for his Hisoka, none of the examiners are like these guys are up to our level. 
Yeah. Well, right, and we've been dancing. No, what you got, Rick? Oh no, I was I was gonna say, you know, um, we we haven't brought up the uh, the the anime ass anime scene of this episode. Uh, well, and I feel it, like we've been dancing around sort of the centerpiece of the episode, which which has this the anime ass anime scene in it. Yeah. Uh, and uh and that's the the game of keep away. Oh god. So fun. <laughs> Such a like like we haven't gotten a ton of just straight up action, right? Yeah. And and this was nothing but movement and like uh yeah, and and a lot speed. of uh, and a lot of like the the kind of anime staple tricks of of action sequences that feel like there's a lot of movement. Um, and then a lot of the shots, there's actually very little movement. It's characters just kind of sliding across speed lines or characters, uh, slowly moving uh, around one another where most of the movement is actually just kind of in the, uh, the, the folds of their clothes and in their hair. Yeah. Right. You know, 90, or, 90, or in the camera 90, move. Right. Or in the camera movement. So 90% of it is actually not movement. Um, it's mm-hmm. this kind of idea of movement and that's something that anime does uh just exceptionally well it makes a lot out of very little it's very economical and very kind of cinematic um which i think is really really cool right well but and then the... but then there are sequences where they really do animate the whole thing oh out. absolutely absolutely yeah. like like there's a sequence with both kilo and gone where they're where, where they're making moves against against netero and like the whole thing's animated yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. E- even in some of those shots, though, it's a lot of like real fast, like blurs and smears and stuff, and then four or five frames of settle, and then blurs and smears out of it. So you get that kind of um, yeah. quick move. No, like I, it's again, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful sequence. And the movements aren't just impossibly fast, uh, you know, in, in the blurs and stills, uh, they're also impossibly long. There's that one, there's that one bit where Gone is is coming in for a second charge. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's coming in for that, that headshot to Natero's gut. Uh, and this is after, um, after Kahlua already given up because he realizes that he, they're just being toyed with. And this actually goes back to the innocence of, of Gone, uh, and just the way that he approaches the world, which I really like. Uh, he doesn't care that he's being played with. He doesn't care that there's no way to win. He's like, all right, fine. I, I you're, you're so superior to me that you haven't even used your other leg uh, or your other hand. I'm changing the rules of the game. All I care about is getting to you, you to use your other hand, and that'll make me happy. Um, well, and I, I'm going to talk about that. Can I talk about that just real quick? Sure. Because I play, I, I play this this Warhammer game called Kill Team, and I'm very bad at it. Um, and I and I'm, I'm getting I'm getting raffle stomped left and right. Uh, but what I do is when I see that I'm going to lose, I just, I change it to make it fun for myself. I just change the objective. Yeah. Like instead of trying to win, I'm like, I want to kill this guy. And I just put all my effort into killing that guy. And if I kill him, I win in my mind. Yep. Well, it's, uh, you know, you set your milestones, uh, and you're, you know, it, it may not be, it may not be a full victory, but it's still a win. It's not just that he has the objective of getting him to use his hand, but um, he does that first headbutt and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Gon's like, "I'm gonna do it again," 
And then time slows down, and we have that time dilation kind of thing, and uh, Natero gets to uh, kind of monologue a little bit in the time slowdown about how he's going to handle this. Do you think Gon knows that if he hits him again with his head, it could kill him? Like he could kill himself? Um, does he th- I- Does he sense that that uh, Natero is going to do something else? Like is going to prevent him from killing himself? Well, yeah, or does he just? I think that goes back to Netero's promise to not lay a hand on them, right? Right, but but he wouldn't have laid a hand on him. He would have just let him do it again. I mean, it would have been gone hurting himself. So is is gone trusting that he's a? Is he assuming goodness in the chairman? Yes. Um, is the chairman just a good person? And so he does the thing that Gon is expecting. Is Gon not rationalizing it at all? Like, it's it's a really interesting scene just in terms of, like, who these characters are. Um, because you do get the impression that Natero is, a, is, a, is an okay guy because of the things he says about Kalua's techniques. Uh, because of the way he, um, after Gon has passed out, he goes and gets on the horn and, and tells the the Zeppelin pilot to like slow it down and make, make it an even later arrival than, than they would have so that gone can get some rest. Right. Um, so, so we know like it's revealed to us, but gone is so trusting of everyone. Again, he's always like, Hey, Mr. Tompa, like what's up? You know, like, <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is like, that feels like such a dangerous scenario. I think it's another example of gone being a lateral thinker. We see that a bunch in this episode, you know, where he uses his shoes right, to extend his reach and to, yeah. and, and as thrown objects, he, he thinks to jump while, while fainting that, that he's, that he's going forward. So he is he, take, that didn't work out for him though. No, but it didn't but, work out, but, but it did freeze. It, it did freeze the chairman. It did make him. Yes. You know, so it did work. It just didn't pay off. But I guess my thing is like, okay, so he is a lateral thinker, but then is he making a rational decision to take advantage of the kindness of the old man to to meet his objective? Like, do you get what I I think he intuits the rules. Okay, I think I think he intuits that the old man doesn't want him to die. Yeah. Even though Netero turns around and is like, is he dead? I don't know. I think, I I definitely think that we get to see that Netero has a soft spot. Uh, yes, as, we do. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I don't know that Gon ever saw that. And and if he did, he, he, he noticed it through something that was not obvious to us. Well, I don't know. I mean, how do we know that he didn't just assume it from the beginning? Because again, he kind of assumes that everyone's on the up and up and that everyone is kind of nice. Uh, We we have not had that. We haven't had a moment where, where he basically turns to another character and does a monologue and he's like, you know, actually I kind of knew that so-and-so wasn't trustworthy, but I, you know, like that, that has, that has happened for some other characters yeah. Gone hasn't do that hasn't done that so we we still Return don't really know for sure. Return of the feral sure. savant. Again, we don't know. Savant. We don't know. We um but I I wondered that I wondered if like if he was just willing to die trying 
that maneuver or, you know, like what was the thought process there? I really yeah. think he runs on instinct. I think it's all gut feelings and instinct for him. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I, I honestly, I honestly think that he just, you know, he, he committed to his attack. He committed to his game. Uh, he, uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree that he understood that the rules as stated meant that Natero wasn't going to cause him any harm. Uh, and then he made the, the assumption that that also meant that Natero would keep him from grievous harm. Uh, and, uh, he just kept pushing it. And, um, you know, that scene, the, the way I read that, uh, wasn't so much as a time dilation. I mean, obviously there was a time dilation, but so many things happened in that there was like that entire monologue about, you know, whether or not, uh, he was going to kill himself and, you know, do I, do I let him hit me if he hits me again and I take the hit, he'll hurt me severely. Uh, but if he, uh, if he hits me again and, you know, it'll I, shatter his skull, it'll shatter his skull. And, oh, well, let me go ahead and parry. Oh, and use my right hand, which just happens to be the the game that uh, that Gon was playing. And here's the thing. Um, that whole decision process. And the reason I think this is like just the the, the anime ass anime scene of the uh, of the uh, the episode is that in that whole monologue and everything. Natero's worried about Gon shattering his skull if he takes the hit one way or hurting him grievously if he takes the hit the other way. So he decides not to take the hit at all. And the the lesser of all the evils was to let the kid run into a padded bulkhead head first. That was the lesser of all the evils. <laughs> but hey, and- he wouldn't be doing the killing. <laughs> right yeah well i mean right. that's hey he's he's a hunter and he's he's the head of the examiners and that's you know that's the deal and and, and how badass do you have to be or how confident are you in in yourself and 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 how how hard are his abs that the lesser of the evils is to let the kid hit a wall <laughs> literally hit a wall head first i mean we know that his that his legs like iron yeah, that was you know, said. And that can't that can't just be bone, you know. No, like that has to like like if it's his muscles that are that that add to that, then is I mean, his abs are gonna be. I mean, the dude's ripped. Yeah. No, th- that entire sequence was actually really really fun to watch. Uh, I actually watched this episode four times. Wow. I watched yeah, it what, multiple times too. Yeah. And and this this scene really uh, was really a lot of fun to watch, and and it it made me. I actually put it down in my notes here. One of the things that like I started questioning is, you know, what, what kind of universe are we in, and how big is this airship? Because uh, that room, uh, when when they show it to us, it seems really small, but they seem to move miles at a time uh, when when they're actually playing the game, and that's just one of the cabins in the airship this this training room that they're in well i mean we get a sense of how big it is do we at at the at at the end of last episode i mean it carries 42 it carries 42 um oh just how big the airship itself is though because you see it kind of looming over them at the end of the cooking episode no 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 it lands 
right, them yeah. out, and then they and then they get back in. And also remember, most of the applicants are crammed into two rooms. Yeah, they're all like sleeping on each other's shoulders and such. Yeah. yeah. But then there's this there's this like you know empty corridor that you could walk like eight applicants shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> yeah, uh, from it's, from it's inside a bit of, It's a little bit of cartoon magic. I, I don't, you know, it's a little bit of of uh, not letting the reality of your set get in the way of the drama of your story. I think in terms of yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, and they sure. they did it really. I think they did it really effectively. And and again, it it like I said, it kind of pushed me towards the, you know, this isn't this isn't a normal universe. There is some supernatural stuff going on, and you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe the that training room that they were playing in is like a pocket universe, and they were just there were actually just miles and miles and miles of track for them to run on uh, while they I, were playing I, keep I, away. I I think that I think John's right that that's that that's more a cartoon thing than a it's, distortion. I in do reality. hope I do hope at some point there are some not necessarily limitations set, but some kind of a. Uh, we need to know if these guys are super, if they're all supernatural or if they're all gods. Like I, I hope we get to a point where like there is some kind of a semblance of exactly just what the, the general universal rules are. Uh, in the past when I've tried to get into anime, that was like the fighting anime type stuff. One of the things that I would always kind of run into is at a certain point I'd be like, okay, everyone's a God. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I I am so going to say this. Waiting for that moment this. where I, you know, know where the limits are on this one. Hunter Hunter is the only show that deals with that well. Oh wow. Those are big okay. words. Those are big words, Ravi. I'm I'm excited now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's good because uh I, I'm really It's uh, one of the reasons I love it. I mean okay, I mean cool, seriously. Cool, cool. It's it's so smart, dude. Like like I, I'm just, I know I sort of did this early on, but I really want to say that all the stuff you're seeing is there. It's right. making you ask those questions for a reason. Oh, good, good, cool. You know, is that is that nothing you guys have said, or almost nothing you guys have said is off track at all. Hmm. Uh, and And it just gets better. It just gets better from here. So is there one last storytelling point we want to talk about? I love beans. <laughs> beans, man. What a great uh, name. What a perfect It is a perfectly it is. named character. God, what a weird little guy. I just love him. <laughs> beans little... Beans is yeah, yeah. Beans is the baby Yoda of Hunter X Hunter for sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll wow. go I'll go with that. Beans, baby Yoda. Alright. <laughs> thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for listening to Say the X. Hey, before we finish up, I just want to give a huge shout out to Nick Nowitzki. Uh, sent us our first piece of, of fan mail. Just said he enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if people have any questions, just send them to us. We're available on Twitter and Instagram at SayTheXPod, SayTheXPodcast at gmail.com. We check pretty regularly. Um, just, just reach out to us. And we'd love to answer your questions. 